I try to make Rory watch war games with me and I should have brought him in sort of more not at the beginning because he's like what's happening right now and he's mm. such like ADD he's like what's going on I don't understand I'm like just wa- keep watching movies had some so much of a slower pace uh yeah mm-hmm. yes well there's only so much typing strings of characters on in green text <laughs> on a black screen that you want to watch what <laughs> that's so fun I love when they have to like talk the tech, like they're like typing and talking. Wait, 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 save it, We've got a cute calf, some virulent racists, a narcissistic murderous husband, some teen hackers, and a couple of housewives. What does that mean? That means it's time for another episode of the Tishu Cinema Road Trip Spectacular. I'm Hillary Livingston Butler, and joining me in the Siena to the four corner states, I have all of my best pals. From Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne Lundholm. Hi, Anne. Hate where people, I'd be China. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, from Garden View Studios in Albany, New York, it's Bobby Pape. Hi, Bobby. I'm I'm not going to do the Here's Johnny thing. <laughs> about it. Please, please, please just say Here's Bobby. <laughs> That's going to be the title, Here's Bobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Money Pit Studios in Detroit, Michigan, it's Meredith Van Horn. Hi, Meredith. Hi, I shoot moms just for having a breech baby. <laughs> Uh, and finally, from No Name Studios in Linwood, Washington, it's Christy Wise. Hi, Christy. Hello. I didn't think of anything clever, and I watched this movie two months ago. <laughs> we have been planning this show for a very five, long time. Six months. Cur- yeah. I told you it's the Curse of Curly. We True. that's what yes. we thought. Yes. Ugh. All right. We had to give ourselves a hard deadline this time. We like to give ourselves some flex room in case we're like, ah, we'll just push it by a week. And this time we were like, no, you oh, will always watch. What are we doing the sequels episode? Because now I want to go after Curly's gold. Oh. <laughs> and then there's that one that's like room, whatever, the room oh, number. 237. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 With you and McGregor. I like you and McGregor. Oh, anyway, yeah. as usual, we'll do some small talk, <laughs> mailbag, medium talk, teach your recommends, and how you can get involved with the show. Um, okay, I'm going to take us into small talk really quickly because um, we got a lot of movies to talk about. But I just, um, I told the gang uh, yesterday on Jambo, but I had an experience that I've never had before. Um, and it was scarier than I thought. Or I was more, it wasn't that scary. I was more scared than I thought I would be in this situation. I got trapped in an elevator yesterday. That's and scary. It was scary. Well, okay. So yesterday. I'm thinking of some R. Kelly music here. I, I know. Yeah. I know. And he was just convicted. So uh, yeah. thank God. I know. Yeah. 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 Out of here. So maybe uh, not some R. Kelly music. <laughs> no, I'm not going out with that. But he had some bops, unfortunately. Um they did a parody on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend of Trapped in the Closet. Oh, yeah. Trapped in the bathroom. Yeah. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh, that's better. Um, yeah, no. It, so yesterday was one of those crazy days at work where we had 
these meetings where we had to travel from brokerage house to brokerage house and I had to be there to set it up and it was just chaotic, but it was fine. I had it handled and I was going up to my car to get some easels for these boards, whatever, doesn't matter. And I went, we have two elevators. We have the elevators that go to our offices and then we have the elevators that go to the parking garage. And I got on to go to the sixth floor because I always park on the sixth floor and like in the same spot. And I got on and the elevator, I got on with two, a couple, um, and you know, we're just like tooting along and then the elevator just like kind of shook and sort of stopped. And then it went up and then it went down, then it went back up again, kind of like seemingly kind of out of control. That was the only time I was like, actually sort of scared. I was like, it's just going to drop. But I mean, it's a newish building. I knew that like, it was, we were probably going to be okay, but it was just sort of that unsureness. Anyway, then we all, we went down to I'm on P6. Now Google is in my building and they park underground. So we went down to the Google floors, B2, which is great because we were at the bottom. But the thing that really sucks is that you don't have any service on your phone. Like you are in the basement of this building. Um, so anyway, we, we quickly called, you know, using the elevator situation, we called for help and they said, okay, um, somebody's coming. We're going to, we're, we're coming your way. And the man that was on there, they were very nice, but the man definitely was like, I'm going to open the doors. And I'm, we're like, he, my, his wife and I were like, do not open the doors. Don't <laughs> open the doors. And he's like, I think I could probably climb through and like get through the ceiling. And I, this man is maybe five, nine, like I'm he's like, seen not, too many movies. Yeah. I'm like, you're not climbing anywhere. Stop. So anyway, we're waiting there. And I, like I said, the worst part of it was not I knew they were coming. I did really start sweating and I'm not a huge sweater. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I had to go put deodorant on afterwards. Cause I was like, I'm like, a, yeah, I'm a little gross right now. But, um, we, um, uh, we're just like waiting there, waiting there, making awkward, small talk. I found out that this couple had five children. The guy works in spices. I don't know exactly what that means. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. What? <laughs> I don't That's know. News. I don't know why I don't, he, works on spices. So that made us talk about grocery stores. Um, they love HEB. They're originally from Miami. She loves Publix. And then I'm Bobby. Don't worry. Don't worry. I mentioned Wegmans. I said, I have a friend who's really into Wegmans and they were like, yeah, Wegmans is also great. Those three are great. Cause they're like family owned, not the Kroger's or whatever. And then we talked about, how do you feel about <laughs> being the friend who's really into Wegmans? I mean, it's accurate, but I don't think it's exclusively me. I think anyone who grew up with Wegmans is really into Wegmans. I know, but you are my friend that grew up with Wegmans. I don't really have that many others. So you were the one I invoked. People from Florida are very into Publix too. Yes, that's true. I know that going going to get a pub sub is a thing. I understand that. We talked about that. She said, I love H-E-B, but definitely the, um, the, the um, sandwich shop at Publix is the deli is really good. And then we talked about real estate in Austin. This is about the time that I'm like, this is taking a really long time. Like I, that was the only thing that I was frustrated by was like, I knew they were coming. It was just, there was no communication towards like, okay, we're like, we're almost there, like piping in anyway. So I buzzed them and I said, Hey, what's the ETA on this? And they said, Oh, they're on their way. Anyway, I, um, they said, is anybody injured? I almost should have said yes, but because I think they might've moved a little bit quicker. My pinky foot. <laughs> I know. My foot hurts. My feelings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's cute. But then finally the guy came and I, we would go through these like brief, um, you know, oh, let's like chit chat. And then I think we're like, I don't want to talk anymore. I don't want to talk anymore. I'm hot. I don't want to talk. Then the guy finally came, came and pried open the doors and we got out 
out. And then as soon as I got all these text messages, it was from work like, hey, we need you. Where are you? What are you doing? Where are you? You need to set up. And I, it was just one of those days by the end of the day, I like had to be prone on my bed, just not doing anything. Cause it was like both exhausting work-wise. And when you get kind of scared, it's a little bit exhausting. And everybody was like, oh, that sucks. You were stuck in an, um, an elevator. Okay. Anyway, like we got to move on to the next thing. And I'm like, but I was I- I, that was some scary. sympathy. Please. I know. Anyway, I'm, I'm fine, but it was a, a little thrilling. And I had to talk to property management several times about my experience. And I don't really want to <laughs> talk to them anymore about it. I'm kind of done. <laughs> um, I'm like, I'm not critiquing you guys. I just think that maybe like a little bit more communication, but otherwise great service. Did so. they have like a survey? How was it being stuck in an elevator? <laughs> basically, Zero basically. To 10. And I got to watch the, like, you know, the, on the new elevators, they have like whatever tv not tvs but it's like news, news services and i was like i can't read about you know. it's like that channel from the gas pump yes Ugh. exactly I was yeah. like, oh no yes oh, that was hosted by maria menounos <laughs> <laughs> you know i i knew maria menounos was from new england because dave knew a startling amount about maria menounos so i was like why are you so into her he was like she's from wherever anyway uh that was my story i survived i survived I need a sticker. Yes, I do. I do. Um, Meredith, I put this on. You do not have to include it. I said (laughs) Meredith went to the Cleve. I did. I survived going to the Cleveland. (laughs) Um, Yeah, nothing. I'm saying nothing. (laughs) Um, Last week, Wednesday to Friday, we had a work retreat slash meeting slash training in Cleveland. I don't know why they chose Cleveland. The the company is based in Marlboro, Massachusetts. They have offices in Strongsville, Ohio and San Diego. Well, I guess Strongsville is like the central location. I don't know. It's like in between those two places, kind of. (laughs) So it was like, well, this is where we're going. So I mean, are you are you gonna fuck with something called Strongsville? Strongsville? No. Right? Strongsville's no. gonna kick your ass. So you go to Strongsville. Yeah. 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 No, I know a lot of people from Strongsville. They will not kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were lovely. Um, but you know, it was like it was cool because it was a Wednesday to Friday and, and it didn't encroach on the weekend. So I was into it. I was like, okay, this is a this is a work trip I can get behind. It's not yeah. gonna ruin my weekend. Um, and so Gregory wanted to tag along because it was in Ohio and any chance to set foot in Ohio soil and he's into it. Visit so. the motherland. <laughs> yep. It's really counterintuitive. Well, it, it worked. So we left after he got home from work on Wednesday and we drove because why not? It, it was, it was like a three and a half hour drive and it would have been that long to fly <laughs> like yeah, with all the airport time. hassle yeah. <laughs> yeah it was like a 50 minute flight but it would have taken that long so i was like well may as well just have a car um and he worked from the hotel room and uh, it was a very like hectic couple of days um i didn't really have any time to do anything and i had to present to half the company oh wow so my boss had asked me a couple of weeks before, like, Hey, are you willing to, to present these? I'll, I'll give you the slides. Like it's no big deal. It'll be three minutes. I was like, I guess <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's not like I, so my response to her was public speaking is not my favorite thing, but I did once give a one hour talk to an empty auditorium. So it can't be worse <laughs> than that. <laughs> And that is true because I recorded a webinar series once where I, I I signed on thinking that it was going to be my voice over slides. 
And then they were like, oh, no, actually, we're going to record you standing up at a podium <laughs> in oh. an auditorium. And I was like, what? <laughs> anyway, that was the worst. And this wasn't so bad. I, I did black out. I don't really know how it went. Um, but uh, one of the people who I mentor said it was good. So I'm, I'm trusting that she's not just bootlicking and that it was OK. I mean, um, honestly, sometimes people will be like, when you when you said that on the show, like what my parents or something, and I'm like, I go into a fugue state. I have no idea mm-hmm. what you're talking about. I don't remember it. Oh, <laughs> totally. Sorry. Totally. Oh, I don't remember. I so like she told me she she I we were talking about it afterwards, like the next I don't know this week on Tuesday. I think we talked, and I I was like, yeah, you know, my presentation. I think it went okay, and she's like, oh, it did. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> you were there. It's like my group. So what it was is like my group was presenting to people who don't know about what we do. And then so like the company was split in half and it was like, you know, my kind of my group went over and they got a finance presentation and the finance people came over and got a presentation from the kind of stuff that we do. And so I was not expecting anybody from my group to be there. So I was sort of like that kind of like bolstered me. I was like, nobody I know will see this. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And then my whole group was there except for (laughs) one person. (laughs) Whoops. Well, at least you knew about it after after the fact yeah Yeah. that helped and it's funny because I looked out at the audience many times but I had no idea what I was looking you know what I mean like I just couldn't yeah make out any human being's face so yes no your uh, brain is not focused on that activity at that time your brain Mm -hmm. is focused on Mm -hmm. other things yep on not fainting mostly (laughs) is what it was so I was very nervous um ahead of time and uh, but I, I, you know, it kind of vanished once I got up there and it was okay, but it's, I really hated it. It, it, it was Friday morning. So I had to spend the whole entire you know, dreading it. Uh. It was the last session on Friday. actually uh. it was like Friday until noon. And it was like at 11. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So it was just like, uh, like a low level anxiety the entire time. Anyway, it was very nice to like meet all my coworkers in person. And it was kind of cool working for like a company that isn't a nonprofit because they took us to a bar and hey, hey. Mm-hmm. we went to Punchbowl social in Cleveland, uh, one of the nights and Gregory got to come with us and just <laughs> pretend that he worked for the company and enjoy an open bar. And he made friends with all my coworkers and the it guys. And yeah, he was, that sounds about right. yeah, I, I love your like, IT guys. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. I turned around at one point and he was talking to a guy named Dante who has a neck beard and is, you know, like t- they were talking about like mechanical keyboards and Linux and 3d printing and stuff. And I was like, okay, he's just your, your usual people. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what, that's his usual stuff. Yeah. Um, so it was, I'm glad he had fun and he worked from the hotel room the rest of the rest of the time, but um, you know, I got to meet my boss and, and her boss and, uh, you know, all, all my coworkers, it was actually pretty lovely in that way. So, you know, it was exhausting. Um, I'm glad I had the weekend to recover. Yeah. Um, my favorite part though, was like, cause we're very early risers. We're usually up between five and six, usually more towards five and the hotel breakfast thing isn't open until seven usually. So we were like, okay, we got to figure out something that we can, we need coffee at five in the morning. And so the thing that was open was a Dunkin around the corner and the Dunkin Donuts had a literal door 
into the Catholic Diocese of Cleveland. That's <laughs> just nice. perfect. <laughs> it was just in a high rise on the first floor and there was a door directly from one to the other. And I was just like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> they knew. It's so Boston. They it's knew. So- <laughs> yeah, Catholics did you need look to be over- caffeinated. <laughs> did you look over at someone and go, I have a friend who really loves Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> well, my company is based in Boston. So yeah. like Marlboro. I had to show it to everybody. Yeah. Marlboro. I had to show it to everybody from Boston and they were like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that was sure. Why not? Yeah. I, well, I also wait, this is a total side note, but I also did name drop Anne. My friend that lives in, I was like, one of my really good friends lives in New Brighton, Minnesota to my neighbor who was going back to, what is it called? Burnsville. Yep. Um, and he's like, oh, great. And I'm like, I don't know why I have to be like, I have a connection to your area, even though I've never been. I know a place by there. Oh, I have, I've definitely Seattle, Detroit, mm-hmm. Minneapolis, Albany, hey, you, any point of connection when you're talk, <laughs> stuck in an mm-hmm. elevator talking yeah. to strangers is fine. Yes. Exactly. Make up any um, story you want about me if you need to. <laughs> Her last name is crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Moving on. Who can't find an ironing board? Me. I was going to say, can't be me because I never use one. I know. Damn it. So, all right. For years, I just did not iron shirts because yeah. I worked with all like new music people who wore whatever they could find and put together. So like I worked with people who were either very fashionable and looked disheveled or were absolutely not fashionable and looked disheveled. And so I could pretty much get away with that less, maybe 10 nights a year, 10 to 12 days a year where I would just, you know, pull out a dry clean shirt and put on a suit and that was fine. However, since moving to Albany and now that the summer is ending, I find myself having to do business casual, like, probably two or three days a week at least. And that means, you know, a pressed shirt and a sport coat, maybe. I mean, yeah. what is casual for if not for no ironing? Right. But you know, my shirts come out very, very wrinkly from washing them. And I'm struggling because I'm having a, a dry cleaning crisis, which is that I cannot find a convenient dry cleaner. There's a couple of near my apartment. Both of them are cash only, very slow, oh. very rude. And only open hmm. like weird minimal hours. Hmm. Hmm. Um, yeah, a rack money laundering, probably yeah. right. And so, then the ones that take credit cards and are open decent hours are still like only open business hours, and so that's thoroughly inconvenient. And they're not close, and I don't like I don't wear a suit every single day, so I don't have like the stop by my place once a week, swap out my pile of dirty shirts and suits for my clean one. And this is a state capital, like. People are in suits a lot. I cannot figure out for the life of me where they're getting their shit done. But, <laughs> Just go to the go to the Capitol and be like, um, excuse me, sir. Where well, do you, I mean, where do you yeah, take ask them? I believe there may be a dry cleaner in the Capitol Plaza. Oh, but like yeah. getting in and out of the Capitol Plaza, unless you have to be there, is a pain in the ass. So it's one of those things where they have like a drop-off in the building so they yeah. don't have to do right. anything. Yeah. Um or they have their wives or housekeepers or whatever. Yes, I don't know. Also so like, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. This is have just like spoken banks. to your wife about this. Yeah. You know, she has Does very she little not pity know for this me. This is her job. <laughs> <laughs> She's been cooking more lately. That's already enough. Trust me. I, I could go to a whole so. routine, right? That will save it for city slickers. Cause I think that's where all those jokes. <laughs> um, 
so sorry sam so, I, so i'm washing my my suit shirts because it's just i can't it has to be done and i have this like small ironing board you know the the sort of two and a half foot long one with the small little legs and but putting that on like basically any table we own is not working well and trying to get into the corners and the shirt and i just i just want a full-size ironing board like like you have and i have been to multiple stores can't find one they're all sold out or they don't have them at all we went to bed bath and beyond the other night and it looked like a tornado had gone through like the the laundry section just nothing left walmart only the little ones online amazon like a hundred bucks or 80 bucks for one with and the and the thing is the, the only ones i can find even there have like the metal thing to put the iron on at the back end like a like a like an mm-hmm. iron holster mm-hmm. yeah i don't want that because i use that end to corner off the shoulders and so like i want just a regular fucking ironing board <laughs> i cannot find one have you I not mean, been like, to target you... i've yeah. been to target i've been to multiple targets multiple walmarts what yeah what is the I run know. there's uh, a maybe run on of... ironing boards i mean i can't imagine because i got my first ironing board that my mom made me buy because she was ironing um curtains for me because i didn't own one i got my first one when I bought this house, but I, I definitely didn't have one in college, but is it because people in college are ironing more? I don't know. Right? I, don't know. <laughs> I have a, I have a steamer, like a, like the handheld yeah. steaming thing in the back, but it's hard it with a do the same. Yeah. It's not the same. I just, and I don't like, I don't iron every, like, it's not, it's not like a military uniform or something. Just make sure the flat is, you know, the front is flat enough and the sleeves are not super wrinkly. And like, if I take my jacket off, it's not going to be embarrassing. I mean, once I wear it for an hour and I, you know, steam it from the inside, basically it's done, but just. That's just, a beautiful, beautiful way to put yeah, it. Uh-huh. One way. And then like the collar is the other problem. I just need the collar to be ironed down flat and crisp and yeah. the steamer mm-hmm. can't do that. Just need a fucking ironing hmm. for it. A full size. Yeah. Unadorned. Would, not yeah, fancy. I, I would guess it's supply chain issues i mean i don't think there are a lot of domestically made ironing boards i'm i'm guessing they're getting hung up on the trip from china finding out that they all get they all get imported from ukraine or something (laughs) Mm -hmm. and i'm just yeah yeah we always have so my mom is a a a big so you know she quilts and she knits and she blah 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 she's a seamstress and all this and so we always had one that attached to the back of her sewing room door sure Fancy. And folded down and so i guess i was i had ironing board privilege <laughs> i never really had to worry about where my ironing board came it's from a murphy board yeah. yeah you know that's a fear of mine have i ever i'm scared of murphy beds because i feel like if i sleep in one i'm just gonna get flipped <laughs> flipped up and get stuck in there <laughs> what are the what are what is the risk there like are you in danger of sleeping on a murphy bed no i'm just like not i don't interested think i've ever seen one <laughs> i have and i'm like oh, oh, I'm not many in that. people die in <laughs> murphy beds it does google does not auto complete this one oh Weird. it's an unfounded fear of mine <laughs> Murphy Once bed frame falls, locks shut on sleeping Oregon woman from October 2015. Oh, it happened once. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Unlocked. Uh, I've well. never slept in a Murphy bed. One time I was offered a hotel room with a Murphy bed and I said, I will wait. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, was, I was trying to check in early. I was in Chicago and it was like one night and it was a uh, 
like I had done some online thing just to get a good hotel, like a cheap hotel in the area. And I think it was the, it was like the Swiss hotel or something like it was not a regular major carrier flag hotel. And I tried to check in early and they said, we're really, really busy. All we have are these, these suites that are usually used for like corporate meetings, like for one-on-one interview style meetings. They just rented out as like offices, but they have a Murphy bed. And she's like, we can set that up for you. And I, I was just like, I'll go walk through the park, <laughs> come back fine. later. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I'm acting like I'm, oh, I'm so light. Like it just might fling me back into. The- <laughs> it's quite a visual. How strong are they? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, All right. Hydraulic so- Murphy bed. <laughs> now I am just totally obsessed with looking at Murphy bed um, deaths. There was one in 1982 when a drunk guy got suffocated inside mm-hmm. one. Two women were suffocated in an improperly installed one in 2005, 2014. Mm, a Staten Island man. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> death was allegedly caused by a defective Murphy bed. I don't know what that means, but I, I mean, we're talking about five people in the last 40 years, maybe. There is a Gothamist article called Everything You'll Ever Need to Know About Murderous Murphy Beds. <laughs> Now, could that be our show title or would that be plagiarism? <laughs> Murder and Murphy Murder. beds have killed before and they'll probably kill again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hillary, yeah. we're not helping. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're not. But it's okay. They're like a speakeasy for sleep. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, if anybody has any uh, hot tips on where Bobby can get an irony board, yeah, I guess. For real. Or like, yeah, I, I, I get that it's an awkward thing to ship. So like, it's probably hard for Amazon because like, that box is going to be a weird shape. Yeah. Because there's not really any like collapsing a full-size ironing board. Right. You know, the, the surface area part of it. But but if somebody if somebody knows a guy, I mean, <laughs> would you be willing to like go yeah. meet him in the dark somewhere? You know, an, an import-export ironing board person. <laughs> uh, all right. Should we move on to the mailbag? Yes, please. Yes. Meredith. Um, so we got an excellent email from Bob that I couldn't fully read. Um, (laughs) and this is, uh, cats give the laws of physics a big stretch. And this is an Atlantic article, um, about how cats can fall from great distances and survive. And this is, uh, it's, it's very interesting article, but I had a really hard time reading it because I don't like hearing about cats falling and potentially hurting themselves so i skimmed it uh but maybe we maybe you guys need to look up this article and read it for yourselves if you're very interested there it it is kind of fascinating the description of how a cat will flip themselves around in midair it's kind of like they pivot off of nothing um to turn around and land on their feet um and there is a kind of a slow motion um picture of somebody dropping a cat i don't like this don't do this to cats um we have to do uh, controlled experiments yeah i know i know i just don't like it um and the cat really does in a pretty amazing flip and i've seen this happen they they do this although i would never drop them from a great height um (laughs) but it's an extensive uh long article thanks bob um i tried to read it last night and it, it was a little too upsetting so i had to stop but well maybe we'll put the put the link in the show notes yes yeah oh yeah absolutely absolutely 
Everybody there, needs to read it. There is a physicist from the KTH Royal Institute of Technology in Sweden who is quoted, quoted as saying the flippy flop happens surprisingly quick. Yes. So I guess the flippy flop is what we're calling it. That's the technical term. (laughs) Lots of good illustrations. If you just Google buttered cat paradox. Yes. (laughs) That's another one. Do they land on the butter side or the cat side? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And we didn't have a question of the week because we have enough. Wait, why are we wasting this butter? Well, is it a waste? It's in the service of science. Aren't you a scientist? If it's not eating it, I believe it's a waste. <laughs> I hear that. And at all times, how much butter do you have in your house? Not that much these days, actually. Probably only a couple of pounds. Pounds? How many sticks pounds. is that? I don't know. A pound is four sticks. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you're not making the grand like spectacular for work anymore. Nope. So that kind of cuts down on your right. butter mm-hmm. supply. Um, at, you made some mention like early on in um pandemic where you were like, what if they run out of butter? And <laughs> since then I have been hoarding it. Like everyone was hoarding toilet paper and I was hoarding butter. So I have four, like four four boxes of four sticks in my freezer at all times. And then like two in my um, refrigerator. That doesn't seem oh, like that's a problem. Good. Yeah, no, that's good. Hey, yeah, you we use it. You use it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not like something you're just hoarding because you're not going to use. No, it makes sense. It totally I'm, makes sense. I'm thinking about, and if there's a spreadsheet somewhere where people are calculating how much money they're saving by working from home, like the a COVID silver lining, right? So you saved X on gas and mm-hmm. Y on Starbucks and then for you, there's just a Z for butter. <laughs> yeah. Bank, no doubt. Baking supplies for sure. Yeah. 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 Hey, listen. There you go. It works. Exactly. I bake for myself and myself only now. Mwahaha. Good for you. Yes. <laughs> Sisters are doing it for themselves. <laughs> oh. And that's why we didn't have a question of the week. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Butter. I was thinking so hard about sisters doing it for themselves. I forgot to take us <laughs> in a medium <laughs> talk. <laughs> uh, well, we're uh, we've got the minivan, the oil change. We're back on the road. The Honda Odyssey. Uh, no, remember. the Toyota Sienna. All right, Toyota Sienna. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I forgot we're a Toyota family on this podcast. I love what you do for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we're you know we've had the tune up. We're back on the road refilled gas was expensive to get that fucker all the way up to the top yeah, i know <laughs> and we are continuing on the tishi cinema road trip spectacular which is two years into it <laughs> it did really start at the very beginning of covid it's like it did travel so yeah yep. but uh the great thing is we are actually in the home stretch i counted it up uh, the other day, and there's not more than six more movie shows at the Jesus very Christ. most. That sounds like a lot, but when you think about how many we've done, I know. We've what done are we going to do after this? Movie run? Well, well, there are a lot right. of do the meadow road trip movies. Right. Yeah. About, yeah. I, I have other movie show ideas okay. for sure. <laughs> we have to but, go international. Yes. Yeah. In this leg, but it's going to of- be like House Hunters International. We're going to hop around a lot. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. We're not doing like a Paris week or anything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
No, no, I don't watch French movies. No. Uh, anyway, this leg of the cinema road trip spectacular, we are still in the United States. We are heading to what we're calling the Four Corners region of the country. That is the states of Arizona, Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. So as you all know by now, we each picked a movie from one of those states where the state plays a role, so to speak, in the movie, and um, we're going to see what we thought of them. And uh, starting off, I think we need to um, start with the stylistically, thematically oldest, also the the one that feels the oldest, although yes. it's not that much older than other things. But uh, Bobby, you picked a granddaddy of a classic. I did. And uh, a genre that we, uh, a genre, genre <laughs> that we, uh, no, 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 that, that we we don't touch on a lot on this road trip or in general on the show. But um, I went with 1980s uh, Stanley Kubrick film, The Shining. Because we're scared. That's why yeah. we don't do horror. <laughs> no, I'm scared. I even <laughs> refuse to watch it. <laughs> I've seen it like four seen. times, so I didn't rewatch it. Yeah, honestly, it's not that scary. Christine. It's really, it's not. It's such a. Um, it is from 1980, but it is such a 70s movie that it is not that. And I'm a baby, and it's not. It is creepy in parts, right. but it's right. not scary. Well, I. It was always on HBO, um, and so I've seen the scary parts. And it scared me so much as a kid. I was, I'm trying yeah, to. Oh, well, yeah. that's different. Yeah. Yeah. If, if that's why I, I won't watch Gremlins. I think it's probably <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah. But I did see oh, it's very commercial silly. on TV when I was five and I was like, no, no I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So this is an adaptation of Stephen King's uh, novel of the same name from a few years earlier. We don't need to get into a ton of detail on it, except that uh, we should note that there was later a miniseries that's actually the version that was apparently closer to the book and liked more by Stephen King, but not really by many other people. Um, I chose The Shining um, basically for the sake of it being, I don't want to say a mood piece or tone piece because it is creepy and scary, but I feel like it launched a thousand ships of both parody and cliche, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you haven't seen The Shining in its entirety, there are so many thematic elements or moments from the shining that um have seeped into pop culture like there's an episode of south park and i almost picked the south park one of the south park movies by the way instead for colorado but um that is a parody of this where they buy a blockbuster and it's haunted and abandoned <laughs> um the simpsons has spoofed the shining is you know relevant to my childhood um it it gets done in so many places and ways that it feels cheesy now watching it looking back but back then it was like that it wasn't cheesy yet because it was the first time it had been done yeah a lot of this stuff and the the setting like it just visually strikes me of colorado it's yeah it's the mountains it's the winter it's it's why isn't this a ski resort because the roads are so shitty you can't get there in the winter so you're the isolation the trapped and then just the retro look yeah i mean straight 70s uh so so 70s it's just incredible to me um right down to to the apollo homemade sweater yeah and i yeah. noticed that yep. yeah it's like just very very 70s americana and um I, i've always just loved it for its visuals and so it, it is um sorry i don't mean to interrupt but no. i um 
I was a film person, not really, but like as a film minor, I always like heart eye rolled my way because all the film bros were like, oh, I love Stanley Cooper, he's a master. And I just like never got, I, I got it, but I never got, you know, I was just sort of like, he, I was not taken with any of the movies I had ever seen, but I was too scared to ever watch The Shining because I'm a baby and I didn't, I was just scared. Um, it is beautifully shot. Like it is, it is gorgeous. And that really was the thing that like took me at this when I was watching it, I was you know, it's a, such a seventies kind of style movie in that you're right. It's mm-hmm. sort of a mood piece. It's very vibey and, you know, but every shot is sort of what well, every shot, including the faces of the stars, like they have, they're not generic looking at all. Obviously Jack Nicholson has this like manic psycho face, but Shelly Duvall's face, like she's all eyes and teeth, you know, she's all just, her face is just like something. It's so, she's not beautiful necessarily, but it's just so striking that you kind of can't look away from it. And she's sort of such an odd duck. And so is he that it's, and like Scatman Crothers is also sort of amazing in it. I don't, the visuals are, are, are really kind of, I don't know. I, I was very taken with it. Um, Yeah. I would say specifically, and I don't know anything about cinematography or anything, so I can't say anything to that, but like the visual design on that, the, the, shots of the carpet you know just patterns of the carpet and the the gold ballroom and the chandeliers and everything was so arresting and I think paired with that was the sound design yes when he's rolling when he's rolling in his little um whatever his big wheel yeah, the noise and he's going. That he's going from like, floor to carpet to floor to carpet, and it's yes, zh, yes. thump, zh, thump. It's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. you know, it's so simple, but um, it really lends something to that movie. I think the sound design and the score also is just yes. I, it. They are doing so much heavy lifting in the movie. It's astonishing. It really, really is. Um. I don't know. It was so weird because I think I was so like, ugh, Kubrick, like roll my eyes. And then I had like two feelings about this because one, I was like, this is a, this is an, an, an indictment of male, white maleness sort of, you know, this like importance, I'm important. Like you're, you're bringing me down. I'm important. And I need to like write this great American novel. And this is what I need to do. And you're holding me back. So I felt that and I was kind of like, yeah, right on Stanley Kubrick, like you're recognizing what assholes these guys are. But then also there's all of these, you know, in the last whatever, 40 years since it's been out um, that Stanley Kubrick was actively cruel to Shelley Duvall in the making of it to make her scared. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, well, OK, so it's just kind of confusing. You know, it just is this like duel that you didn't have to like threaten her or abuse her to make her scared because I think she could probably do that on her own right well it so I I obviously having not seen The Shining before and not having done all the research and listened to the film bros yes and seen room 237 or whatever it was that we were talking about before we started I don't know anything about this movie and I'm like Okay, so it's when we get down to it, is this just another movie about an abusive asshole? Is that is that all this is like? I think people have argued over 
what the reality of the shining is what's really going on there for years and years and years and i'm like is it just not that complicated he's just a psycho having a nervous breakdown and the rest of it is just bullshit right all the supernatural stuff is that really a thing yeah like him being there in 1925 or whatever right you know the only thing i couldn't figure out is how does he get out of the storeroom the locked storeroom yeah Mm. That's the only thing that I can't, the rest of the supernatural stuff that can just be a kid's imagination or whatever, whatever, or a psychotic breakdown. But I'm like, how did he get out of the storeroom? (laughs) Is that like a continuity or a story error? I mean, what, what is this movie saying? What, what is it? Bobby, Bobby, what's the movie about? What's the movie about Bobby? This isn't a film analysis class. This is just a <laughs> movie that reminds me of Colorado. He's doing a book report. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, the only funny anecdote I have for watching it is I'm like, I was like, I watched it while Rory was gone because I knew he was curious about it, and I'm like, I, I first of all didn't really even I thought he, even though you're Stephen King curious, you would have thought this was boring because it is so 70s ish and paced in a 70s ish way that like there's not a lot of action until honestly like the last I don't know 45 minutes or so mm. um but of course it took Bridget- him so long to chop down the door I was waiting and waiting <laughs> waiting for here's Johnny and I'm like wait we're doing this in real time <laughs> I know it's like pacing one two but the um the Bridget walked in to ask me a question it was right when he was like seeing the naked woman in the bed though where he's like oh great i know richie goes ew and i was like get out of 70s bush shots (laughs) going on i want to i want to lean into a meme here but um i want to do it with the caveat that we've had a lot of discussions through the years about rating people by numbers so i'm not doing this officially i'm not doing this that way i'm doing it satirically for the sake of the meme but she's a 10 but she ages rapidly and her skin falls off. <laughs> God, it's so gross. Well, give me oh, a pass her butt, one. her butt with the, oh, it's gross. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the thing is like, I was kind of getting into the, I don't know, the like, uh, you know, self-importance of him. And he's like this terrible person, but yeah, but then it's like, Danny is, you know, psychic or whatever. And so is Scatman Crothers and she like, then the wife can see some of the same stuff. So I'm so I was like, what? Yeah. What is real and what isn't? And what does it all, what does it all mean? And is it all an alcoholic fever dream? Mm-hmm. Like he's put himself inside of the, this fantasy of this novel that he's writing as he's having a breakdown. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That's what I thought when he first put himself into the ballroom scene with the bartender right, and right, the waiters right, right. and stuff. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. he's just fantasizing. He's making himself a character in his great American novel. Yeah. And then as he spins out, things get increasingly crazier. I was like, it's just, it's just his novel in his own head. Yeah. So I don't know, but it was definitely an interesting movie. It was. I mean, I'm happy I finally saw it because mm-hmm. I had been building it up so much in my head that it by the end, you know, it, I had read the Wikipedia entry. So I knew of course. spoiler alert that day. Mm-hmm. Well, and I knew there was a sequel. So I knew that Danny got out. So it was like, okay, but it is sort of, you know, when he's chasing after him in this great days, I would love, so I have this fascination with really big, 
I'm, this is going to be like Hillary's weird obsessions, Murphy beds and really big rooms, like, like really grand rooms. Not that I want to like live in them. I just like to kind of look at them. And this place is just has these big grand mm-hmm. rooms and they're so yep. beautiful. And like the big maze, it's just so cool, cool to me. The I don't gold know. room and the Colorado room. Yeah. These, these yep. great, uh, I really like yeah. the, the entrance, the reception area. I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. No, it's, it is definitely visually striking and it is, you know, you see why people lauded him so much. Uh, Stanley Kubrick. I mean, yep. um, I do, can I make, can I have a controversial opinion about something? Yes, please. I think this might've been better for me if they had cast somebody other than Jack Nicholson. Because he's so Jack Nicholson-y? Because, not because he's so Jack Nicholson-y, because I don't find him credible as a normal human being. Yeah. yeah, And I think it would have been more effective if he'd come off as more of a normal person. Mm. And then you could see the transition to the unhinged maniac. It would have been more frightening. Well, I seemed a more reasonable person in the beginning, but he was so cray cray from the start. You know, even when he's there and he's interviewing for the job, I'm like, why is he being so crazy? <laughs> and I yeah. totally agree because I thought the downfall or whatever his fall into madness or alcohol induced madness or whatever. I was like, well, I don't know. He kind of seems the same. Like he seems like he got a little bit more agitated, but not, yeah. it wasn't that it wasn't like zero to 10. It was like seven six, to 10. Six, yeah. <laughs> I had no problem believing that this was a guy who could abuse his kid. Yeah. No, so, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And would a Steven Weber type be a better fit? Cause I have a show for you. <laughs> the shining the shining the problem, tv series <laughs> the problem is that TV movie. is that stephen weber will be so inextricably linked to wings for me forever <laughs> but that's like, why whatever, off. Like, he's like, like the nice uh, guy he's done tons of work where he is quite sinister since then but i'm always like oh look at stephen weber from right. wings <laughs> it almost needed to be i'm trying to think of like a 70s guy Mm, I need to think about yeah that. I'm, I'm looking at the um the oscars roundup for 1981 now and i'm thinking well so timothy hutton won that year for ordinary people mm-hmm. but supporting yeah. actor uh it- up. wow this is a stacked actor in a leading role de niro for raging bull robert yeah. duvall john hurt jack lemon peter o'toole jeez yeah. Oh, too. I mean, it could have been like Donald Sutherland, though. He also has a kind of manic. Creepy. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I agree. And I really didn't see them. And it's not necessarily about looks because I don't really like I'm not really horny for Jack Nicholson, but mm-hmm. I never saw them. Can together. that be the show title? <laughs> I'm not. horny. For <laughs> what about Dustin Hoffman? Is he too young? No, he's perfect because he was Kramer versus Kramer like two yeah. years prior. Yeah. 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 I could see that. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that like the seventies, like the hot studs are like Dustin Hoffman, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. Yeah. Mm, Amazing. Um, I would not touch your penis. (laughs) That's the show title. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but I'm glad I watched it. I was, I was scared, but I got through it and I'm glad I watched it. And Bobby, when you were like, I'm not, I might not be on the show very quickly i was like you motherfucker i just watched this you shiny. made me watch this show. <laughs> yeah. i i made sure to free myself for this evening because i knew i had to justify it so <laughs> um well any more 
Shining. No, let's. No, let's I, move. I think that's that's plenty of that's plenty of shining. I think. Uh, <laughs> let's move into the future, guys. <laughs> no, wait, Harvey Keitel playing. Never mind. Keep no, going. No, no, God. Actually, oh that is so funny. Thinking that it's only three years between The Shining and Hillary's movie, and yet one we've got typewriters, and one we've got the space age computer. So I guess that shows the cultural shift. The most mm-hmm. annoying computer sound I've ever heard in my life <laughs> over and over and over and over mm-hmm. like joshua you mean well, I, yes. okay uh, all right before we even get into this whopper really that's yeah, what I, you named your supercomputer was yeah. whopper <laughs> all right the movie we're talking about is war games it is my choice and as i was watching it i was like a large part of it does take place in colorado but it's kind of um it is a seattle movie as well it's all I, underground uh, in colorado hillary i was like <laughs> Come on now. How is this? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I mean, it does this is in Seattle. They talk about Seattle constantly in this movie. <laughs> I was like, mm. <laughs> well, okay. It's four games. And what is so funny is that like, so the shining coming out in 1980 still feels like the seventies. This feels like such an eighties movie to me. It is mm-hmm. like very early eighties, but you know, we're excited about computers were also excited about nuclear war um, yeah, no kidding didn't that <laughs> mm-hmm. take you I mean, maybe bobby is post this but i think the rest of us oh yeah those elementary school drills where you yep. had to get underneath the desks yep. and yep. i'm um, even even at eight i was like this is not going to protect me in the event right. of a nuclear <laughs> bomb i never had to do those i had to do tornado drills yeah. but they were in the in the hallway yeah yeah we did those too but uh, there was very much this what to do in case of a nuclear strike that was so patently ridiculous to me even as a second grader yeah no it is we did them because i grew up very close to a nuclear power plant oh yes we did them because i grew up by an air force base right right well it's dumb regardless but yes we're talking about war games starring matthew broderick ali baby i know such a baby and ali sheedy was such a baby and one of my favorites um he's one of my favorite 80s actors i have such an attachment to him i love daphne coleman i really do (laughs) i don't know why he played a large role in my i guess i watched nine to five like a fair amount as a child so i have (laughs) like some sort of he's also creepy but but I love him for some reason. Well, is, is there anybody else in the history of the world that was named Dabney? <laughs> no, what were no. his parents thinking? <laughs> no. And he's still alive. Um, wow. Really old, but he's still alive. Um, so it it starts off in this, um, you know, um, uh, John Spencer from the West Wing is there the like in the nuclear kind of, I don't know, cave and they have to you know, they have to be told like, okay, turn the key. So, you know, you can start the nuclear apocalypse and Dabney Coleman and his whole group decide to, um, computerize it. They want this thing to tell us, you know, the whopper, the war operation plan response to tell us when we're going to launch nuclear. The humans, uh, the humans are fallible. Yeah, that's exactly. the problem. Do you exactly. Burger King was like, yes. <laughs> I know. I wonder if there was a tie-in. I wonder if there was a tie-in. They probably didn't want to be associated with that. Um, 
And then you have Matthew Broderick, David Lightman. He's your everyday hacker. He's like the guy that he's the guy I would have had a crush on and who doesn't like notice girls yet. Like you're like, Hey, like, cause Ali Sheedy is so freaking cute. And he like barely notices her until she like traps him between her legs, which sounds dirtier than I mean it. That to, was but- very kind of <laughs> shocking to me. I was like, Whoa, girl, that's a flirt. I know. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, dude, I mean, she- he barely went through puberty. So I know. He doesn't yeah. know when he has his shirt off, he just has this little baby chest. Yeah. Um, and anyway, he teaches her how to like hack and to their grades and he changes their grade, which it stresses me out. I'm like, don't change it to an egg. Like if you're going to change it, right. Change it to a Z. Believable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, comp- the, the pro- professor, the teacher is going to know they're like, no, 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 no. I don't remember what I did give her, but I know it wasn't an A. Well, yeah. he's and already called her no- out. Yeah. Like this has no human oversight whatsoever. Give me a break. I know it's the eighties. Like, first of all, they were not inputting those into the computer and maybe in Seattle. I don't know, but in Dallas, Texas, they were not inputting stuff in the computers in like 1997, let alone 1983. (laughs) And it wasn't even really hacking because it was finding the password. And (laughs) that is what hacking is in like 95% of situations though. Like honestly in movies, like all it is, is like, I guess the password I'm a hacker. (laughs) Um, and then he's oh, what well, he's trying to get into these like he's he has his like little modem and his phone thing that like we talked about the other week where mm-hmm. he puts his phone on the little cradle and hacks into uh, like a gaming system in Sunnyvale, California. But it's actually like, you know, government NORAD. Yes, it's NORAD. My favorite part of this is when he goes to see his hacker friends, which how did he make them? It's kind of like how um in back to the future was Marty friends with doc Brown. I don't know. Why are right. they, why are they friends with these adults? But I love it when he goes in there because the guy from both Greece and Greece too is one of the computer nerds. And it makes me so happy. The little skinny <laughs> yeah, I guy. Um, Eugene, I believe <laughs> yes. his yes. name was. Yeah. I, I rewatched this with Sam who had not seen it before. And we stop and she immediately goes, that guy voices the really annoying kid on that creepy Polar Express movie. <laughs> oh God! Oh, the same actor. Movie. Yep. Um, but he's clearly autistic, which is he's like. Remember when I'm telling you that you're being insensitive or whatever? Um, and they tell him kind of how to get around it, sort of like try, try to find the back door. Anyway, I'm not going to explain the whole plot, but they get in and like start a global nuclear. Yes, it, it's a very complicated and totally <laughs> yeah. realistic how mm-hmm. he gets in the back door of the NORAD missile defense system. A computer. password that one person put in that no yep. one else knows about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody ever did a deep dive on the guy that started it, whose child died. So we named it Joshua. I mean, honestly, come on. You can just do a little light Googling or whatever. Um, micro and then Asking maybe faked cheating. his own death. Yes. <laughs> um, well, the government he, faked his death, right? Like, right. Yeah, yes. they gave him an I mean, out. He was an active participant in the faking. Yeah. Well, sure. But yes. it was like for his own protection. I still don't quite understand that part of it. Yeah. It's so crazy because it, it's not a long movie. It's less than two hours. They power pack some stuff in. They go to a lot of different locations. So I like um, his lake house. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Um, David has they. 
they kind of figured it out. His parents are totally clueless, by the way, in a kind of hilarious way. Oh, yeah. In that 80s parents way. (laughs) They're like, take out the trash. Bye. His mom's a, you know, a lady (laughs) doing it all (laughs) realtor. And his dad is, I don't know. Reading the The newspaper from Stranger Things where it's like, oh, I'm just a doofus. Yeah. Um, But the, the, the feds find him and they take him to NORAD, which none of that makes any sense. First of all, he's, is underage. Like they would need his parents at some point to, and and why do they take him there? I don't really understand. Right. Why don't they take him to the Seattle FBI field office? To further the plot, you guys. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, He talks to Dabney Coleman, McKittrick, who like thinks that he's involved with somebody else because of mitigating circumstances and then they kind of lock him up and this is the also dumbest part is that he somehow gets out of like he's such a hacker that he can hack his way through the like door system because the guard there who is dressed like I don't really understand the uniform that he has like a beret on and he is like (laughs) a total creep to the nurse question mark of the NORAD I guess he's in the infirmary um and he escapes and gets Jennifer to buy him a plane ticket to go see Stephen Falcon, the creator of these games. A and... plane ticket between two completely unrelated small cities <laughs> that would never, ever have a direct flight. I should have, have known to... Bobby would be all over that. <laughs> oh, no. oh, I was just like, oh, yeah, those two airports, neither of which is a hub for anyone ever. And then he lands in a horizon plane so your alaska adjacent regional airline (laughs) gets to gets on a ferry goes to what goose island um is that a real place i didn't look it up maybe um and find stephen falcon and he's sort of maniacal it's like whatever the world's gonna end the dinosaurs died and i'm gonna show you this like yeah he's (laughs) just very nihilistic yeah Yeah, it's, it's really a thanos was right moment yeah yeah and I love he's like shows like he like pulls down the film strip and is like, all right, like the like let's go, let's watch dinosaurs dying. Um, my favorite part when he is when he was like, I'm going to bed. You kids, let yourself out of my own house. <laughs> I'll just trust you to leave and lock up. Um, I I've always liked that guy. He's been in a bunch of movies. His name is what is his name? Uh, shoot, I just had it. Uh, uh John Wood. Oh he, yeah, that's right. It escapes he, me. He loved him, by the way. Okay, this is a weird movie that I I feel like I'm the only person that loves, and I love the original, but I also weirdly love the remake of Sabrina. I don't know why. I just thought at a time, and it was on, and I would just watch it. And he plays Sabrina's dad, and he just plays a nice English guy, and I always kind of enjoy him. He looks like a member of Parliament. That's just what he looks like. Hmm. Um, Anyway, uh, I guess Falcon decides like it's okay. Let's save the world, and so they go back to Norad and. you know, they really, Falcon really slow plays. Like he kind of knows how to end this, but it's like, he wants David to learn how to do it. I'm like, he Man. looks amused by this whole thing. He's <laughs> just like, oh, I wonder. There's a real Willy Wonka quality yes, to that. Totally yeah. Really yeah. Wonka. Yeah. And it's like, no, like time is of the essence here. We need to like, hurry up this along. Like, why do we have to go through this whole tic-tac-toe thing? Why didn't you tell him from the very beginning, set the players to zero? Um, it's, Really stress- professoring. He's <laughs> professoring the whole time. It's really stressful, but you know, I do love when like a control room celebrates like <laughs> Apollo yeah, 13. <laughs> yeah. Um, um what's the Mars one? What am I the uh 
the one with uh, Matt Damon. Um, oh, The Martian. The Martian. Uh, when they celebrate oh, that's there. global. I'm sorry. How could you not bring up Space Camp? That has uh, a great control yeah, room. I know. I love them. I will always get, yes, it will always get me. I enjoy it. This actually has two of them because they think they get it and then they don't get it. Yeah. And I was like, this is too early in the movie for this to be happening. Uh-huh. Like, why? <laughs> I know. And Barry Corbin of Northern Exposure is celebrating a little bit too much in the very mm-hmm. beginning. So you're like, this is, this is wrong. And he's such a classic, like dickhead Texas, uh, military, military dude. guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, jerk. they do say the world and realize that, you know, how, you know, this, the only winning move is not to play because when you're talking war about is nuclear dumb. war, yeah. but, um, I don't know. I, oh, the one thing that it did teach me is when people say like, oh, we're at DEF CON five. I'm like, that's not correct. That's you need to refer to word that's games because <laughs> or, yeah, that's the best. One, that's right? the best that's one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that until watching this. I know. Like, I just assumed. Listen, it might be a silly movie, but it teaches a lesson. DEFCON one is the worst. <laughs> it's like, it's like a uh, murder. It's first degree murder is the worst kind. Yes. Not yep. burns. Third degree burns are worse. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Anyway, silly movie, but it was like one that I really watched a lot as a kid. And I was like, God, I remember so much of this. I, it must've just been on in the background or just one of those that's uh, you know, like on Saturday afternoon, it's like, all right, it's on USA or whatever. I guess we'll just keep watching it. And I don't mind sitting through commercials, I guess. Um, I also, the lady who, I don't know her. I feel like she's been in a bunch of movies, but she's sort of the secretary, but she plays an outsized important role in announcing <laughs> when they get the numbers. She's like, they have six, they have seven. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah she did have a pretty big role well and she gets like trying to keep the door open actually that's the part that stresses me out when the, the falcon and jennifer and david are running and this like steel door is about to close mm-hmm. and you're like are they gonna make it but, but i want to know is who did they call to let know they were coming and to keep the door open how did they get in touch with her how does she know them why would she do that for them no idea no idea. There's a lot of questions. Why? Where were his parents after he was arrested by like, that is my major question. He's what, like 16, maybe at most. He says he's not 18. Um, well, what anyway. class was that? Was it chemistry? Yeah. He doesn't get so They're probably juniors, right? That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's right. Anyway, I still enjoyed it and it was a hundred, you know, minutes long so <laughs> i will say it started out pretty slow for me it does. It, it does i tried to watch it uh on the elliptical at the gym and um that was not working very well and i thought oh my god why did hillary pick this <laughs> and then i went home and when i was actually sitting in my chair watching it then it was it was fine maybe it's because it picked up or yeah no it totally just- the beginning is is slow i feel like because it's sort of setting up the human failures i guess of Mm-hmm. you know nuclear war i guess we all have to understand the stakes mm-hmm. um, can i say three things about this movie please do yes of course number one goose goose island is a place it's in the san juan islands number two hmm. this is weirdly the second movie like the shining and war games are both mentioned in ready player one. Oh, oh weird interesting yeah. they play oh, very that. very um big 
um, plot points in, in that. And then the third one, I forgot. Oh, I remember it. They, they <laughs> kept saying that they lived in Seattle, but he went to Snohomish High School, which is an hour away from Seattle. So <laughs> that was really insane. Why randomly did they pick Snohomish? And also that wasn't, but it wasn't Snohomish even filmed. School. It, no, they, it's not filmed there. It was filmed in like right. LA or something. Cause I was like, oh, I wonder if it was filmed. And there were parts that are filmed in Seattle, but yeah. not. But why the did high they school. pick Snohomish and then add those that long word to a high school in Los Angeles? <laughs> it's so weird. Okay, that's all I have to say. They just wanted him to be a Snohomie. I guess. Yes, oh exactly. Oh my god. Anyway, I enjoyed it. it. Brought me back to my my younger days. And also, this is another thing that's annoying. If anybody ever wants to watch it, just know that War Games, according to Roku or whatever or Amazon is one word. It is not two because it will bring yeah. up mm. war games like 2008, like war games code something. And Rory was like, Ooh, I'm like, Nope, that's not it. That is not <laughs> it. That is not it. Um, so that's my movie. All right, we well, oh yeah. Let's move firmly into the nineties. This is starting to feel less dated from a movie making standpoint if not for a gender trope standpoint yeah Uh, Yeah. (laughs) i picked the movie city slickers i picked this for a very specific reason not because i have tons of fond memories about billy crystal starring vehicles from the 90s but (laughs) because i remember this being a cultural moment and being a touchstone for our parents yeah because it seemed like right about that time in those early to mid nineties were when our parents were right around the age of the characters in that movie. And the premise is Billy Crystal as Mitch is going through a midlife crisis. And oh, is that asking, what's <laughs> I, you know, I no, read, I, pick that up. I read the subtext and I think <laughs> that's what's going on. But um, I think the ennui of life was setting into all our parents. And so I remember it being kind of a cultural big deal. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to go back and watch it again. I had seen it right around that time uh, in the early 90s, but I wanted to see how it held up and um, if it was if it meant something different to me now that I'm 45 than when I was 13 or whenever it was that I watched it. So uh, Anyway, to flesh out the plot a little bit, um, uh, Billy Crystal Mitch is sleepwalking through his life. He's shitty at his radio ad air selling job, (laughs) Uh, disconnected from his wife and kids. He's got two best friends, Ed and Phil, Bruno Kirby, reliable Billy Crystal best friend, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Daniel Stern, who his behavior aside, I would get on him in this movie. What? <laughs> I thought he was real cute. Oh, okay. I guess he that's how he gets away with it. Lisa from The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll talk about that. But I, I said his behavior aside. I think yeah. I was first aware of him as a wet bandit. Right. Yes. yes. Right. This is yeah, sure. this is pre-wet bandit, right? Yeah. 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 This yeah. is post-wet bandit. This is, it's right I around think that was wet 1990 bandit. is when that Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. In, in the same same yeah. era but yeah. I but cute. much more kempt uh, so yeah. daniel, daniel stern was really hitting it this time because it's like wet bandit this and he's the um 
wasn't he the voiceover for the wonder years? Yes. Yes. So he is like, really like this was his time, the late eighties, early nineties where he made all his money. Yeah. (laughs) And I was, I was looking on uh, Bruno Kirby's IMDb. RIP. I know he was so young. He's like in his late fifties when he passed, there are pictures of him without a mustache and he is unidentifiable. (laughs) He looks exactly the same as in, in when Harry, uh, met, when Sally. Harry met Sally, when Harry yeah. met Sally, yeah. well, they all look forty. In yes. when Harry met Sally, yes. right? Yes, yeah, they're they supposed do. to be they're a lot be younger, twenties like, or something. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, but but he is the super enthusiastic friend who's always roping them into outrageous adventures. The movie opens; they're running with the bulls in Pamplona, and Mitch gets gored in the ass, which I don't think would turn out as well in real life if no. you get gored by a bull in Pamplona as it seemed to for him. It was just but, like a quick stitch yep. or something. I don't know what he was doing back there. But. Yep, yep. Uh, and a ha-ha scene at the doctor's <laughs> office. As Neither did he are. know what was going on back there, the doctor. <laughs> and so and so they've gone, I don't know, whatever, paragliding and blah, 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 and all this stuff, but nothing cuts through Mitch's ennui until they take him for his 39th birthday i was like okay yeah he was so Mm. young but he still looks 50 um (laughs) they go out to a cattle driving ranch not a dude ranch as the owner explicitly not clear this is a working cattle ranch where they're going to learn how to be cattle ranchers and at the end they're going to drive the cows from new mexico to the other ranch in Colorado. <laughs> and so sure. um hijinks ensue. There is the most famous performance in the movie from Jack Allens, who is curly, the toughest nails, leather, scariest, <laughs> scarier than Jack Nicholson in the shining yep. trail boss who teaches Mitch the secret of life. It's one thing. It's, it's one, one thing. thing one thing what is it what the thing is you got to figure out for yourself but and of course uh curly dies during the middle of the drive and the no good drunk professional cowboys get no good and drunk and they well they behave badly and then they abandon them and so mitch and pals have to drive the cattle the rest of the way and there's a baby cow Norman. Uh, named Norman. And apparently Billy Crystal has not eaten veal since uh, 1991 because he became so attached to the calf. And he finds himself. He finds the one thing. He comes home to his loving wife and his two children and brings a pet cow. And I was like, <laughs> to New York City, I don't think so. <laughs> and and he's he's fine. And um bruno kirby ed decides that he is going to settle down with his 24 year old underwear model <laughs> wife and, kid. Oh, and uh phil uh daniel stern um starts a new relationship oh yeah i did enjoy when he broke up with his wife at the yeah, party. yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. good uh i, I mean I, be not good on the scale of not good behavior impregnating one of the stock clerks <laughs> at the the store you manage for uh, your and then father-in-law just being right then being relieved when she's not pregnant you're like well, that was a near miss <laughs> like there's no consequences from that like not a good look not no. a good look phil yeah. but he does end up with helen slater yes himself, which oh, i love helen slater is great mm-hmm. uh so 
guys, this movie is funny. It, <laughs> it is. Was, it mm-hmm. still was funny. funny. I mean, I was kind of surprised that it the, held up. This is a thing that I thought about in watching this movie is that they, I'm not saying like, they just don't make them like this anymore. Okay, so this is a total mid-budget movie. Like, it's not a Marvel, but it's also not an indie. Um, this would be like a TV show or something, and they don't make them anymore, which it's like an enjoyable movie that I my parents took me to see. And, you know, I guess there are some inappropriate things or things I just didn't really understand in 1991. But, um, but we could all go see it, and it was really fun. I remember thinking as a kid that this was hilarious. I thought it was so funny and touching. And I think I cried in it and they don't, they just don't make them. There's no reason for it because it doesn't, won't make a billion dollars. Yep. It's and it's also old. not cheap to, it's not cheap no. to make, but it's also, but it's it not, it's that not a four quadrant. No, exactly. Movie, really? Exactly. Yeah. It, it's interesting because it, it hits on a couple of different levels because you have all the physical comedy and the adventure for the kids, but then you do have these, middle-aged Christ jokes and stuff and it's there's a lot there's a very borscht belt yes uh, flavor to it uh uh, informed by billy crystal and this is all his own idea and i don't remember if he wrote it or whatever but definitely he came up with the idea and um is very much sort of based on a lot of his own life like this the part in the in the beginning where his mom calls him on his birthday and recites the exact same story oh, of his yeah. birth, that is <laughs> apparently word for word what his actual mother says. Aww, um, the story about going to his first Mets game with his father, that's a real story. Um, oh. So we're actually touching on some, some real stuff. But th- one thing I was thinking of was this was so professional. Like yes, yes. everything about this movie they he knew what he was doing they knew what they were doing there was no like wasted there was no fat to trim on this it was just seemed like everybody was really in their lane and I laughed at jokes I probably didn't laugh at when I was 14 because I didn't understand them yes yeah for sure you, you, you know you still had all the rest of it that was entertaining back in the day i was really surprised i thought that this would have aged much more than it did no i mean i kind of you know it's not like nuance but they give like bruno kirby shit for like seeking you know it's like like you're just like this alpha man who's seeking like the next adventure and like you know, it's, it, you think you're manly, but it's actually not, you're just like not satisfied with your life. So you're like chasing this dream or whatever. And that's kind of not it. Um, no, I thought, I think it's just a really nice movie. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice, like Saturday day movie to watch and it makes you feel good. And Norman's kind- really cute. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of too bad that Bonnie only existed to be a vehicle for sexual harassment. Yes. Right. Yeah. She did not have much of an interior life. No, but the, the line, the, the dentists at the beginning, they were like, yeah, we're both dentists and we're both black. Don't make a big issue out of it. That was like (laughs) probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, I also like Ben and Jerry being there. Yeah. Uh, You mean Ira (laughs) and Mary? (laughs) It's like, what, 
what what is what is this what getting at what here? doing what is behind this i feel like it was so like that was such a time when people were like obsessed with ben and jerry like it was just this new uh you know like what these yeah i Jewish think it was ice cream boys <laughs> yeah it, right it was before i mean not that ben and jerry's wasn't popular in 1991 because it was but i think it hadn't reached market saturation yes. the way that it has now yeah yeah, exactly. It exactly. was still it was still like cool to be yep. into Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yes, it is cute to see a tiny Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, I didn't even realize. I mean, the, he all just the spaces. He, he looks teeth. like vague, vague child to me <laughs> in this movie. He had not begun. <laughs> you know, some kids look like themselves from the time that they're born, and some kids like the features got a form for a while. And he just looked like a ten year old. You didn't think he looked exactly? Familiar. I, I, I think, yeah. I, I had to look him up. I was like, that looks like somebody, but I can't tell who. It wasn't until I was scrolling through the cast list on IMDb, I was like, oh, that's Jake Gyllenhaal. But and that was the middle of the movie when I got to that. So he's really only in first. The Role. It, yeah, yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. He is. He he's not quite nepo baby as the kids say, but he's kind of. What does that mean? Yeah, but that that's daughter. What daughter was is his daughter? Billy Crystal's daughter. Yeah. So that is nepo, nepo baby. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, his, I get it. His, yeah, they're nepotism kids. I think Jake Gyllenhaal's dad is like a cinematographer or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like it's not like he's Billy Crystal's son, but he's you know he's been in. Well, the, yeah, this. he had an an industry yes. connection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but no, it's a really sweet movie. It's just a nice movie to watch. I yeah, really enjoy. I mean, it. apart as Meredith said, apart from the sexual harassment, sure, <laughs> sure, the, sure, the uh drunken um truck wagon driver the horrible professional cowboys one of whom is kyle secor who went on to do absolutely completely different roles well uh, and i was like wait a minute um yeah uh i'm referenced some strong gender roles in play yes. it's like yes mitch's wife is a goddamn saint frankly she's like <laughs> i know Go and find yourself. Come mm-hmm. to us when you found your smile. She wanted a break. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, she's like, get out of totally. here. <laughs> totally. She was on 30 something. So that's why I always think of her as Patricia Wedig. Yeah. She was like, I would like to go visit my parents in Florida <laughs> with my children without you. Thank you very much. <laughs> get out of here. And um, high school boyfriend. I'm just saying. Mm-mm. Oh. <laughs> what I noticed is the I wonder what year it was. Maybe Hillary knows this. When they stopped doing the really long intros to movies, where they do basically the whole thing. And this one was very zany. I I, as soon as it started, I totally remembered the little cowboy cartoon. Yeah, yeah, the roping. It was so cute. I you know what year they stopped that. I don't know the grease opening. Yes, exactly. Where they do almost like a little skit sort of i mean they'll do it on the last one i really remember honestly is like catch me if you can that's like really yeah. the last yeah. kind that i remember them uh, doing it i just now don't it's think like all this... cold cold opens right yeah yeah, yeah pretty much yeah. bond movies i mean that's the only other mm-hmm. oh, yeah yeah cold open you always get the animation to the song yeah yep yeah yep. I think my best friend's wedding had yes. that too. And it was the wishing and hoping and hoping and praying. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching that and being like, this is so weird. What is go- I thought I was going to see a Julia Roberts movie. What is- <laughs> Who are these people? 
Um, The the final note that I had on this movie is that the score is fantastic. Yeah, it's really, really, Mm -hmm. really good. Like really really excellent. Cheesy stuff when they were and there was like zany type music. Totally. But but like the the instrumental parts when they're like driving the cattle and Western inspired stuff. It's really great. The harmonica music. (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh, come on it's beautiful it's great <laughs> um i was like I, there is a tune there somewhere i just have to mention that i had not seen this movie since i was a i don't know probably a teenager kid maybe even younger i don't i don't remember when i saw it i just know i had seen it and um as the only middle-aged white guy on the show i'll just throw out that it's it felt a little familiar <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm happy in my marriage. I'm happy in my job, but like I could totally see that. And the whole time I'm watching these guys, and I'm thinking, "Where's I'm supposed to be about the age that they're?" You know, like you're like, supposed well, to have a midlife crisis. Well, I'm supposed to be around Pretty that age. Movies. Like I'm looking at Billy Crystal. I'm like, boy, he's old. No, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> shit. I'm supposed to be the same age as these guys. I know. Yikes. Well, well Billy Crystal yeah. was 44. When yeah, I felt the movie. I was like, oh. all right, that's I fair. mean, it's not it's right. not the natural. It's close. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah they know, didn't have to blur the lens every time they shot his scenes. <laughs> <laughs> like it's okay. Right, it's Mike. okay, fine. I'm not gonna be bad about that one. But see, you know, it takes yeah. a few years from the time you have the idea for the movie to get it developed and made. So what's he gonna do? Not be in it just because he it took six years to get it done when he wrote uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, this, exactly. This, Nervous tick to fill open spaces with hacky jokes. That really yes, felt, they, yeah. they are. That felt, um, that felt personal. <laughs> the, they're a lot quippier as people. They are quippy mm-hmm. in a way uh, that '90s movies are. That yeah, we are yeah. not in the same way today. I feel like I've they, met a lot of guys who who base their personality off movies like this. Yes. Yep. yep. Um. I remember being really, really excited because I loved this movie so much when it came out that I was so excited when <laughs> The Legend of Curly's Gold was coming out and I saw it and I was like, that sucked. <laughs> Not good. It's kind of like when I loved, I'm so sorry, I loved uh, Bridget Jones. You are, not. <laughs> um, you are not. Sorry, sorry about what? <laughs> um, I love Bridget Jones, the movie, and I was super excited. Even though I think I'd read the book, I was really excited about Bridget Jones, Edge of Reason. And when it came out, I was like, wait, Ew, this why? sucks. <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> Ugh, sequels always let you down. Yeah. Well, shall we move on? Should we move on from this male navel gazing to some female navel gazing? Yes. 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 And it finally moving to the people of color portion of our show, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's true too. Um, yeah, so I picked um, "Waiting to Exhale" from 1995. It was I ended up watching it twice, <laughs> and let's see. Um, so it's a story about um, four best friends: Savannah, Bernadine, Robin, and Gloria. And they're just living their lives in Phoenix and all have pretty terrible relationships with men. Really yeah. terrible. <laughs> Where you got to go to find a good man in this movie. <laughs> right? Oh my God. Well, Yikes. Gregory Hines. Gregory Hines. Only He's one. The only there's one. one. There's only one. one. <laughs> uh, Donald Faison. No. No. He's becoming. Be, his becoming. His dad? 
He said becoming some bad words. a good yes, I know, but obviously did not age well at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't even wasn't even good then. But no, he he chose some maturity throughout maturing through the course of the. Come on, oh, that was my point exactly. <laughs> I can never remember his name from Scrubs. Just the other one from Scrubs. Surgeon guy. Yeah, um, yeah. It it has the most iconic my, one of my favorite scenes of a movie ever. Um, which is when Bernadine's husband leaves her and she piles all his shit in a car and lights it on fire. <laughs> it's so great. I love the that there were no consequences for that. <laughs> yeah, know. that would be fines. That would be jail time. Like, absolutely. A giant bonfire in a subdivision out in the desert. Yep. That's no, not, not Detroit. Okay. <laughs> well, and you can't racist, even do that here. The racist cop who's like, hey, this is a nice neighborhood. Gotta act like yeah. white people. <laughs> right. no, get it together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but man, it, it, that, that part, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Cause you, I only see it in the context of memes, you know, it's just like when you're pissed and you're like, oh, this is the meme I'm going to send to somebody at work. Like I'm just lighting everything on fire, but <laughs> man alive. She really does just fucking so douse good. it. Her with, face with really <laughs> sells it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, nobody does like Angela Bassett. Oh yeah. nobody. And I just looked up. She did win the Oscar. So love that. Wait. Outstanding lead actress in a motion picture. Oh, wait, Image Awards. Hold no, on. I was going to say no. No, and she was denied. <laughs> Did get she nominated? Play- no, and the only thing she's been nominated for was um, was uh, playing Tina Turner, and she lost for that one. I think Holly Hunter won that year. I'm oh, yeah. None of, none of this won anything. No, no, no. no. <gasps> uh, did it That's win so a soundtrack gross. or anything? Because that was really the most iconic, because it was a huge seller. Amazing uh, yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, I had yeah. it got some MTV Music Awards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's some it. Image Awards. That's it. Um, yeah, I'm it did to have the best soundtrack of any of the movies for sure. I mean, every um, Le- what is her name? Lila Rashawn, which she never really did. She that was great, much. and she is gorgeous. Beautiful. Yeah, she yeah. is beautiful. What is she up and to? I don't know. I she really she's married to Anton Fuqua. Oh. She hasn't Ooh. done anything since 1999, Any Given Sunday. I that movie. Hmm. I wonder if she had kids and stopped working or something. Yeah. I don't know, but Whitney is also beautiful in this. Um, oh yeah, skinny though. It's it's really yeah. hard to watch Whitney and see how yeah. painfully thin she is and wonder mm-hmm. how connected that is to oh, the for sure. substance abuse. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, God, yeah she's dead and so is Gregory Hines is dead. I always forget that he died pretty young as well um and he's sort of he's so wonderful in this and he's mm-hmm. so sweet to her yeah. um yeah but all the men except I always forget that um uh, what's his face Wesley Snipes is in it he's uncredited that's the weird thing that he's uncredited and I looked it up and it was like yeah uh, it, I assume really it's dig. for tax reasons maybe <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did he, was he even known at the time? Yeah. 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 Definitely yeah. Stuff. yeah. Definitely that is stuff. weird. Um, yeah, he was great. Uh, Wendell Pierce is funny. Um, and it still not. The oh, right. oh God. Oh my God. Ew. Oh, gross. I All mean, I was the like, sex oh, scenes yeah. were so cringy and hilarious. <laughs> and I hope men saw that and like, figure some stuff out (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah no there's some there's some uh grody i like that gus gus fring from from breaking bad was in it 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Giancarlo yeah, Esposito. Giancarlo I love Esposito. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, wherever he's, he's in all so much stuff. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh. oh, whoa. I didn't know. I didn't know he was there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tariq's is... father. He's. Mm-hmm. Um, I did say that there were two housewives in this. I was incorrect. Okay. So there's a part where um, Whitney is like with some guy and then a girl comes up and she's like, and he's like, this is my date. Well, that sh- that's Kenya from Real Housewives of, of Atlanta. Oh. And then uh, Russell, um, the I can't remember who it's again, because I watched this like two months ago. Russell, who's somebody's maybe it's Lila Rashon's boyfriend. And he's real skinny. He it was in the like a prayer video. He plays like the Jesus in the like a prayer video. And oh. he was also married to Cynthia Bailey, who was on Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> so I was like, oh, <laughs> This is how I, I make it. my connections. I love that you can connect it to that. <laughs> um, what's really um, but- interesting is that, you know, the author, Terry McMillan, um, she's great. She wrote about um, Gloria having the gay husband and then she herself had a gay husband. Oh. Was that after it? Yeah, it, because it was um, oh, weird. She so the movie or the book, um, How Stella Got Her Groove Back is autobiographical um she went to jamaica and right met a dude and then they were married for a long time and then he came out as gay oh wow all right actually their oprah talking about it is how my mom came on to my dad was like "Mm." (gasps) realistic yeah oh no and then she started yeah (laughs) we thought mike watching unsolved mysteries was interesting So thank you, Terry McMillan. <laughs> um, no, it's it's interesting to see because sometimes I feel like, yeah, like we were saying, this is like, oh, okay, this is where black people come into the picture mm-hmm. of what we're talking about. And it's like, um, this is like made for black people mm-hmm. by black people, you know, which is kind of interesting. It's like just getting like a different perspective on stuff. Cause we're always so like invested in the white world. It's like, Oh, this is a little bit different. Like, especially in the nineties. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. And like Whitney Houston's mom being like all she, I mean, this is true about white women as well, but it's like all their moms want is for them to get married and settle down. And it's like, why don't you want me to be like, a person on my own like mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that i'm a better person because i'm married yeah it was interesting that her mom was like pushing her to <laughs> her Sorry. mom was pushing her to get back with this this kind of dirt bag just because he was like a man. dennis Haysbert, yeah. the future president he's, he's got such a nice oh, voice come on he's, he's good at you're in good hands with dennis Haysbert. <laughs> maybe it's because that generation of women n- knew that your mm, social and economic capital is based yeah. in your marriage yeah i mean they and... couldn't get loans or credit cards so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was very yeah, I like my cousin had several children um before she got married with her husband um they had five ultimately and my mom was very dismissive of her at first she was like oh this is terrible i was like what's so bad about it and he's like she said well you know he could leave her alone with four kids if he wants to and be totally unaccountable it's for her own protection and that's why my mom was kind of like traditional gender roles she needs to get married because it's for her own safety well, yeah, you see, that was that, the truth, though, right? Mm-hmm. Well, even with like Bernice, where he like is trying to 
take her for everything she's worth and like barely mm-hmm. give her anything. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I put you through school, like, mm-hmm. and you're going to treat me like this. So yeah. And he's like, no. just take $300,000. <laughs> and he's yeah. going to have it. He's going to have his kids once every other weekend. He's yep. going to pay for any expenses. One day, not Welcome even the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also he had been shady for 10 years by putting everything in his name. That's not how that works. Yeah, the, yeah. there's some planning going on there is what it yeah. what it says. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, it was it was definitely but there is so much like th- with the soundtrack, the fashions, which actually kind of are like coming back in style, mm-hmm. but I was like this is such a 90s movie. This feels oh, yeah. so embedded in the 90s, in the mid 90s in mm-hmm. particular. I enjoyed that little yeah, walk back. It was great. Yeah. I have to end with a Whitney song. Oh, I love it. But how to choose? I don't know. So let's go from a, a movie about black people that is relatively free of, of politics, we'll say gender politics aside, and let's go to a movie with black people that's all about <laughs> politics. Yeah. Is there anything more political than Black Klansmen? Uh, this is a Spike Lee movie from 2018. Excuse me. Um, you meant Spike Lee joint. It's like the one time you can use that. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Gross. Um, This uh, stars um, John David Washington, who is Denzel's son, (laughs) which I didn't realize until after the movie. Well, actually, (laughs) time out, because there were a couple times where I was looking away from the screen, and I I knew he was his son, and I knew that Denzel Washington was not in this movie, but sometimes his voice sounds almost identical yes. to Denzel yes. Washington. Yes. They have a very similar cadence. I don't think they look so much alike uh, as no, their voice really. sounds oh, so much alike that I was like, wait, is Denzel in this movie? I'm like, oh, no, yeah. Right. That's, There's, yeah. There's some shots where if you kind of squint a little bit, oh yeah, okay, I, I can see the Denzel in him, but it, yeah, yeah, it's the voice more than anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I remember and, when this was on the um, Oscar rounds um people would say oh you know what about your father and you'd be like well let's talk about my mom yeah. like i'm yeah, also my mom's great. son yeah. yeah yeah right yeah he's got two parents yeah. he <laughs> probably looks more like her than right <laughs> um uh Jordan Peele was a producer as well, which doesn't surprise me. Um, mm-hmm. Topher Grace is in it I, I, back when this was coming out, I was, he was still doing his podcast and talked a little bit about how scared he was mm-hmm. to play this role. He was like, I heard that I, he was yeah. like, I apologized so many times to so many people be like, I'm so sorry for the things that I'm about to say today. Yeah. He oh, said God. so many bad words and he was yep. such a hateful, horrible, but he did a great job. I mean, that's an actor's but job, like, right? Like mild and reasonable <sighs> sounding, not right. a, Right, not a foaming at the mouth racist, but the ultimately the scarier one, the scarier one, right? Yes, the polite young casual. Yeah, yeah, just so normal and so yeah. Um, Adam Driver is another. So okay, I should back up. John David Washington plays uh, Ron Stallworth, and he's the first black cop in the Colorado Springs department. Is all I have to say about what a job. And this is based on a true story. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote the yeah. Yeah, he wrote a book, um, which now I want to read about yeah, his two. That's exactly yeah. what I thought. I want to read that. Yeah. Um, and they originally put him what in the records department yeah, or course. something. 
Um, and of course he's not treated well by his other fellow cops. I wonder why. Um, and then, so his, his, um, his boss kind of sees something in him and he's like, okay, I'm going to put you undercover at this rally. And Stokely Carmichael is going to be speaking. Uh, Kwame Toure is, is, is doing a rally for the college. Uh, it's a black student union at Colorado college. Um, and so he goes undercover and he meets uh this very beautiful woman who of Oof. course becomes the love interest Boy. oh my god yeah. she is she's beautiful <laughs> yeah she's beautiful god. her name is um Laura Harrier in real life i think not surprisingly she's a model she's a model yeah <laughs> oh you don't say <laughs> so so then he becomes um so part of his his new undercover role is to infiltrate infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan and he talks record to, scratch yeah i know <laughs> he's a black guy can you believe it um and so he has to pose as white and he talks he calls them on the phone and uses like his best white voice and they want him to join and so he's like well i can't do this so they that's where adam driver comes in and he plays the white guy which is funny because adam driver looks extremely jewish yes he does <laughs> yep. becomes yeah. a plot point of like uh his name is like zimmerman i think yeah and so they're like okay you're, you're white but like there's a lot of suspicion that he's jewish and he meets so so Adam Driver goes and meets with these clowns and they are a bunch of clowns. Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. Wow. What a bunch of doofuses. Um, uh, it's not the uh, cream of the crop. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Sheer one that's brain cell. that's <laughs> one of my favorite things about the clan is that they were just a bunch of doofuses mm -hmm. who just yeah. had the worst planning and they were so dumb and um, that, that gives me a lot of, of hope in my heart that they were just such idiots. Um, but they're they're also virulent racists and they're the people in power and it's scary. Um, so it's not all, all laughs. Um, but so yeah, so, a guy can be as stupid as he wants to be, but when he's the one that has the gun, right? That's not a good situation. Yeah, the gun and the polygraph and the the David Duke at his disposal and the the cross burnings and so so there's kind of a sub sub story where he wants to date patrice but he doesn't she doesn't want to date a cop right she's like they're the enemy and yeah. i'm not gonna mm -hmm. i'm not gonna sleep with the enemy here um so he has to kind of he kind of dances around what he is for for most of the movie um and there's this whole kind of situation with a bomb and one of the the kkk members wives putting a bomb in her purse and dropping it off at a a house and the the plan is to blow up the blow up patrice and the black student union and it kind of i don't want to spoil it too much because I'm, I'm guessing not too many people have seen this but it backfires yeah, uh kind a of little spectacularly bit. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so i guess i'll i'll kind of yeah maybe back up a little bit and and say that there is an amazing part of the movie where david duke visits and they assign ron stallworth <laughs> as the black man like the real ron stallworth to be his bodyguard yeah i know i was yeah. like what? what are we what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah and why would anybody do this this is a real thing that happened and he yeah. really did so there's a part where he's like oh no one's gonna believe this and he pulls out a polaroid and he takes a, a <laughs> selfie basically with them with him and david duke and that is something that actually really happened in real life 
um, or else he said nobody else would believe it that this happened um so anyway this stuff happens it's very interesting and then there's definite uh parallels they are saying things like america first yep Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and you know, make America great again, which are yep. borrowed from this time. And so there's there's footage at the very end from the the Unite the Right rally where that yep. woman got killed. Um, and it draws some very, very serious and upsetting parallels between then and now, and it just kind of shows you like, oh, not much yeah. has actually changed. Well, so when I was watching it, I first I was like Okay, so caveat, sometimes I have, with the exception of do the right thing, sometimes I have issues with um, Spike Lee's, like, tone. It's not issues. I think I'm just not vibing on the same wavelength as he is sometimes. So I'm like, I don't really get what he's, not like I don't get what he's trying to say. I get what he's trying to say, but I'm like, is he is he trying to be funny? I, like, sometimes there's tonal shifts and I, like, I don't, something doesn't sit right with me. So the whole time I'm like, okay, like, he's kind of, it's, like he's making the the you know the evil clansmen like they're kind of the comedy of it which because they're bumbling so that's kind of what they're supposed to be but i was like i'm thinking the whole time okay so wait but is this like green book like yeah we all know that these people are terrible racists like okay like that's the easy way to say of course like all these guys are racist like even you know a racist could see that they're being racist but then by the end when they show the um, Charlottesville stuff, I was like, and obviously I know that happened, but I was just like, okay, well, this is actually like bringing it a little bit more full circle to me because sometimes I was like, this feeling very much like the help, like weren't people bad back in the day. But then when you see it kind of in the 2017, 2018 lens, you're like, mm-hmm. oh shit, it's still like this pretty yeah, much. Yeah. I think that was the point of it really. Yeah. It yeah. was like, here's what we did in 1972 mm-hmm. And it hasn't changed yeah. all that much. Don't yeah. be shocked yeah. by this. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I, I, another thing I, I found interesting is that this is Colorado Springs. This is not the deep South. No, right. Right. this is yeah. not where you think of as, or at least not what I thought of as like it's a, a college town. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Ian. Yeah, well, I forgot what I was going to say. So thanks oh, a lot, Mary. <laughs> no, I know what I was going to say. Um, I read a bunch of the reviews for it. People talked about, critics talked about how funny it was. And so I kept waiting for the part where it got funny because I found it to be so horrifying. Yeah. Like I mean, you were saying, Meredith, ha-ha. with, with, yeah. Par- yeah, with parallels to, um, to current day uh, circumstances, <laughs> I was just like, this isn't funny at all. This is really <laughs> upsetting. The language is so upsetting. Like, and obviously mm-hmm. I could see why Topher Grace would be like, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't want, and I'm sure Adam Driver is like, I, do, I, I don't. Yeah. I thought this. about that like, a I lot during the movie. I, was like, I wonder how this feels for them to have to say the N word every five seconds. Yep. Um, the only thing I really wish my real only critique of this, I wish, I don't know why this took me out so much. And I was like, he sh- that shouldn't have happened because I thought it was really meaningful that, um, Adam driver was like, you know, yeah, I'm Jewish, but I really wasn't raised Jewish. And I never thought of myself as being different. And now I'm kind of seeing myself through that lens because these guys are like, as much as they hate black people, they hate Jews, you know, they're much. like, just, just like one, like micro ring down from hating mm-hmm. black people. Right. 
which but I don't really, understand. I, I don't get it. I'll just say I, it right. I don't, I don't understand. I don't either, but what anti-Semitism? Is, I don't know. I don't either. I was annoyed that he was wearing a um, star of David in the beginning yep. because I was like, he wouldn't, he, you only wear that if you, if he didn't identify yourself with his, his Jewish, Jewish heritage. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. Like he wouldn't be wearing that. That's like, I know people who are Christian who don't wear crosses because they're like, I'm not that religious. You know, I think it's anyway, I, that was the only thing that I was like, I know that it was sort of a symbol to show like, yes, he is Jewish. But I thought, well, Zimmerman kind of does the work for you on the, on that level. Well, the but, thing um, that kind of did that for me was was Patrice being like, I'm not going to date a, a pig. And then she's like, I'm dating a pig like at the, <laughs> like at the end. <laughs> I don't know. It all worked out in the end somehow. It was like somehow oh, wait, didn't well. they break up in the end? Well, they were walking through like the forest. And oh, I don't know. They had some they had some definite times where she knew he was a cop. Oh, yeah, I thought she was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. The thing that the, the beyond like the parallels to current day, the thing that like is just so depressing when they're like, good job on getting these guys. But um, yeah, yeah we're well, going to have to destroy that. And dusted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's forget that ever happened. Yeah, no, that was solved the racist (laughs) problem. The thing I thought about Adam Driver's whole like I didn't think about being Jewish thing was like, oh, this is a this is a very good way to to say without saying I don't care unless it affects me or I don't know it's a problem until it involves me. And that's something that a lot of white people and a lot of like I feel like a lot of Republicans (laughs) Yeah, you'll you know, like they're like, oh, I don't like gay people until they meet one, and they're like, oh, that one's okay. Well, yeah, it's my brother. I like him, right? Well, and 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 all of this sort of like, yeah, yeah, like I'm not racist, but like, can you stop making everything about race? You know, mm-hmm. I feel like that happens where it's like I'm exhausted of talking about this. Can you stop talking about this? Like, obviously, Adam Driver is supposed to be a good guy, but at some point, he even points out, yeah, like he's sick of talking about it. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to talk about it anymore. Um, um, which I think like, that's, yeah. that's your privilege. Good job yes. yep. about it. <laughs> I um never wanted to like him because I, the first time thing I saw him in was Girls, and when he's like the first season of Girls, which I was like, oh, he's very I hateable. Hate him. Yeah. yeah, but I unfortunately think that Adam Driver is a really good actor. Like everything I've seen him in since, I'm like, I think you're a good actor, even though I hated you for so long. In this movie, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, do we think he's um cute or tall? I no. I think he has a magnetism yes. that has nothing mm-hmm. to do with either of those. Yeah. Yeah. I also think he has a really interesting speaking voice. He does. Yeah. It's yeah. really deep in a mm-hmm. weird because way. he's not he's not necessarily tall in a good way, Christy, because he's so lanky that it looks yeah. out of proportion. Yeah. So I no, wouldn't class that as an asset. Yeah. I just I mean, I, people are like, he's so sexy and I don't see it. Yeah, I, I mean, don't I see that. Yeah. What you Mm-mm. guys were all saying, but I think I like just, a big nose. I mean, I think that. Yeah, no, that's not. Hillary, we all know how you feel about big noses. <laughs> I don't think that's it's why you like nose. me so much. I don't know what it it's is. true. Um, I, it's so weird. I remember I have only seen a little bit of The Force Awakens and I'm not a super, besides my son i am not a star wars person but i saw it spoiler alert when he kills um han i'm sorry mm-hmm. no and you're I not was, <laughs> and how I was dare like, you i was like wow he's a really good actor like that was the first time that i was like i'm really impressed with this yeah skill. he is he's a very good actor yeah, yeah. there was an um, interview with um pete Buttigieg recently who 
I think they were like, who's the best? <laughs> I forget what the question was, but he, the, the interviewer uh, backed him into a corner to say that Adam Driver was fuckable, basically. <laughs> 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 yeah. I love it. Yeah, I love I it or leave it. I and, yeah, it was... it was love it or leave it. And it's because he is from uh, uh, Mishawaka, Indiana, which is basically South Bend. <laughs> so he had to choose. Him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's no, probably two I... feet taller than. I was going to say Pope. the height is <laughs> how it work. <laughs> I'd pay to see um, it, but um, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, but Pete was not actually saying that it was it was he was fuckable. That was John Lovett's wild extrapolation from that that statement. It was pretty funny. Yes. Uh, uh, But no, I'm glad that I it was definitely one of those ones that I was like, oh, I should see that. And I just never did for whatever reason uh, that season. And I was and it did come out the same year as Green Book. And um, (laughs) if you ever pull any of the like on the red carpet, they would ask Spike Lee about Green Book. And he was like, that's a bunch of bullshit. Like he was very dismissive. (laughs) And the fact that Green Book won in a year year. when this was out. Well, that was white people having a fever dress. Right. Well, I I confess I didn't see this either because I think I may have been guilty of the I just don't want to talk about it anymore Uh, yeah this racial justice um topics make me so sad like (laughs) I I went to see Selma because I thought it would was an important movie to go see and I cried four times in the movie (laughs) including in the first scene of it and I'm just like I I can't do this like I have the privilege of not having to think about it like we were saying but it's like I find that I can't engage very well because I engage so heavily that I just end it end up feeling so shitty about the Mm -hmm. world and how about we treat other people that I I can't do it that's how I feel about dropping cats. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I understand. But honestly, if you were on the fence about this movie, I would absolutely yeah. recommend it. It was yeah. very, very good. It was interesting. And it, it's not a st- straight filmed movie, right? It's, it's Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. So right. he's got some th- things going on. There's some, some parallels that he just uh, punches to oblivion. He hits them so hard. Yeah. Uh, like I, I, I do think one of the characters does say, "Make America great again." Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. Oh, like he is making a statement and doing it with style yep. in this movie. And I hope that's not a turn off for people because I, I found that it didn't detract from the movie at all but it's not just a story about this you know inspiring bound breaking jackie robinson of cops stories there is something overtly political being said in this and it's it's interesting and really well made yeah um that is another thing kind of um sandwiching these i think that he is a beautiful filmmaker i would there were Mm -hmm. some shots that were really breathtaking in this and you can kind of like you know when you watch something like war games (laughs) and you're like all right this is just like a movie that they just like shot the camera yeah hollywood machine sort of uh this one is like no there is craft and cinematography and they think about just the settings of every shot and it's beautiful and the afros guys the yes. oh my yes. god the fashion was amazing. oh my god i, yeah, I was like gorgeous. obviously i know nothing about black hair but i was like how does it get it so perfect <laughs> it's so huge steve buscemi's yeah. in this too i should mention like as a very understated like minor character <laughs> he's great i think it was his He's brother, actually. it's his brother 
He was wonderful. And they, like Michael kind of... Buscemi, I think yeah, his name is. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, he looks brother. so much like oh, him. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. I didn't even look it up. Okay. Well, he was great. Um, I couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> and there's a there's a great kind of, I think it was a not a real storyline, but where they kind of take down a bad cop. So that's also very satisfying. Yes, it is. That's really satisfying. Yeah. That uh, motherfucker. That was, that, that was horrifying. That was horrifying. It was disgusting. But yeah. I'm sure that the the real the real Ron faced you know 20 of those every yeah. single day when he came to work oh of course yeah Ugh. and it, it gave you a real sense of like how scary it was to just exist as a black person yep in those times like i'm sure it's not all that different but maybe slightly different um but it was it, it just kind of gave me this kind of sense of horror of just like mm-hmm. you don't even know who in your daily life wants to murder you. Yeah. I, I think like probably better in some ways and worse in some ways. I mean, here's me, the white person opining on the black experience. Right. But back in your pre civil rights era, it was just so explicit mm-hmm. that, yeah. you know, it was all spelled out and then posts of rights, you know, we're pretending that it doesn't exist anymore. So it's all like sideways, except, you know, when it's not, but you know, there's the expectation that you will be treated like a person. So it comes at you from weird angles. And that's what the, the parallel to today was about because what Trumpism did was bring that all to the forefront and and tell them that it's okay to be that way and be that way openly. And then that's how we end up with Charlottesville. Yep cool yeah yay on that note (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh uh the question of the weekend is what movie makes you think of our four corners region again that's arizona utah we did no footloose anything you would think there would be like a religious band movie yeah uh, in in this crop Mm. uh colorado or new mexico arizona utah colorado new mexico what movies make you think of those places and i did also watch just for good measure i did also watch tombstone because i had never seen it before oh i (laughs) rewatch. oh extra credit i'm I'm sorry hillary let's just have a moment here (laughs) bell kilmer's performance in tombstone is something else. It is really it is. It really he's so amazing. He's like in a different movie than everybody else. Yep. <laughs> in like a great way. A better movie. Oh, <laughs> he's he's so good. He's so funny. He's really he funny. So sharp. In his like tuberculosis state. He is yep. he's great. Yeah, no, it was I really fun. A lot of love death. it. A lot of blood, a lot of deaths. Well, not a lot of blood, just a lot of deaths. I'll be a Huckleberry. <laughs> so good. Uh, and what's his face? Um, what is his name? The white haired guy from Star is Born. Um, oh, you know, uh, Chris Christopherson. No, not Chris Christopherson, <laughs> but same. It's like same difference. Um, oh, shoot. What is his name? He We're talking about like- Sam Elliott. Sam no. Elliott, yes, yeah. yes, he looks exactly the same. Like he is like the Paul Rudd, but like oh, he he's ageless. Yeah, he just yeah. has looked that he's, way since he was born. He has looked <laughs> fifty-eight years old since he was yeah. born. Yep. Uh, anyway, I enjoyed it. So the rest of us gonna go and just let Anne and Hillary do Tombstone. <laughs> Dana Delaney action here. That's oh, that doesn't work. That does no, not work. No, the whole romantic subplot. But Very I'm telling good. you guys, it's worth it for Val Kilmer alone. <laughs> this um all right that was fun um 
Tishi recommends, this is really quick. I just had to second. Um, I started watching A League of Their Own. I'm like four or five episodes in and I have to second or third. It's really good. It's really fun. It is extremely gay. It's extremely mm-hmm. gay, but I Super gay. really, really liked <laughs> Super it. Like gay. more not gay undertones <laughs> like these are gay overtones, overtones. <laughs> but i i really liked it and i'm attracted to darcy Curtin. so she also has a big nose so you who know. isn't i know she's gorgeous she's great she's um, delightful uh christy i am recommending the after you watch leave their own first that has to be number one priority second is a new show on netflix called mo it's um a the autobiographical um story of Mohammed Amir he's from um sorry Amr he's from Houston um actually he's Palestinian and he came over as a refugee during the Gulf War when he was about 10 and they landed in Houston and then just his life and I apparently it's the first Palestinian like lead character in America which is interesting oh wow It's so good. And now I'm like super into him. I'm like watching all of his Netflix um, series or sorry, all of his comedy uh, shows. And um, the what you should really look up is Google him and Eric Trump because he once got upgraded on a flight and was sitting next to um, Eric Trump and took a selfie. But oh, I don't want to see Eric Trump. So <laughs> I know, but he's so hateable. He is that... so, it just reminds me of Paul Rubens and 30 Rock. So like, <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> yes. well, and I saw him, I, I hadn't seen the picture um, before and I heard him talking about it and he's like, I, I didn't know if it was him, but of course he has his fucking name on his shirt. And then I was like, oh, funny. But then he really does. He's wearing like the Trump family Oh, what is that called Ew. like crest or yeah crest yeah. on a sweater gross i always Ooh. used to say about the trump sons the older ones i baron's still a minor right so we're not talking shit about baron yet, yet. i used to say it like you see the lem- the limits of what money can do yeah. like yeah. like it almost made them handsome like almost made don jr handsome but eric is just like sliding into this weird puddle of goo (laughs) like he's not even adjacent to handsome anymore his face has melted into his neck i mean when he was a teenager it started like he just well and the blondness does not help no it does not uh, everything kind of you don't share your anti-blondness prejudice (laughs) i mean when it's talking about eric trump is <laughs> uh, no, a Viking, you're not allowed to. It's, it's just fine. because there's no distinction between like his head and the rest of it. Like there's no like, yeah, his face just what. goes right into his neck. Yeah. Well, and the funny part is this happened while Trump was talking about doing a Muslim ban. Oh, oh cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fun. Gross. Well, when you say that Eric got the short end of the brain stick in that family, that's saying a lot, <laughs> right? Yeah. He does uh, look inbred. Like, what is does. happening? I don't know. I don't know. Ew. <laughs> On that that's note, Bobby. Yeah, I, I just let that breathe for a second. <laughs> Let's all consider the problem of Eric Trump for a while. <laughs> 
And while you do that, consider getting involved with the show. You can find us at thisshowhaseverything.com. The Facebook group is where the real action is. Just search for This Show Has Everything. The show Twitter, when I remember to update it, is at Tishi Show. You can email us at tshishow at gmail.com, where you can send us a voice memo from your phone to play on our show. Fax us at 617-354-8513 for however much longer i keep up that number the aol keyword is tishi <laughs> i love that, that on the sheet <laughs> you have to and until next time <laughs> that was everything about the four corners in cinema Woo-woo. yep the comprehensive Bravo list yeah you got it i feel like i should shoot guns off in the air like yosemite <laughs> sam or something <laughs> <laughs>